Welcome to Engage Your Tribe, a podcast about the art and science of audience engagement. I'm Jeremy Shear, founder and CEO of Tribal Knowledge Podcasting, and my guest is Jamie Walker, SVP of Marketing at Key Factor. Jamie, hello. It's great to have you on the show. Hi, it's great to be here. Thanks so much for having me. You're welcome. So tell us about Key Factor. Yes, absolutely. So Key Factor is a PKI as a service and a crypto agility solutions provider. I know that's a mouthful, but basically we help our customers apply cryptography across and anything from a multi-cloud enterprise environment to a complex IoT supply chain. So some of our large clients are the Global 2000. So they come to us to host their infrastructure and manage things like digital certificates and keys at scale across their company. Okay, very good. And who are you trying to talk to? I imagine it's folks that are at these companies that are in charge of IT security for the most part. Yes. Yes, absolutely. So our main kind of top of the food chain would be the CISO, so the Chief mm-hmm. Information excuse me, Security Officer. And then basically all of the team that falls below that level. So your VPs, directors of infrastructure, PKI architects, engineers are basically our what we call what surround the account of people we try to make sure they're well known about key factor and what we do. Okay. And so let's talk about how you do that. Cause this is a very busy space, a lot of innovative companies in this space. And so I imagine those, those targets at those companies are talking to a lot of folks, getting a lot of emails, a lot of messaging coming your way. So what's your guys strategy to, to stand out and cut through that noise? Yes, I would say everyone and their mother is trying to talk to the same audience we are trying to talk to on a daily basis. But the way that we kind of go to market is we're very focused on using intent data to drive everything that we do. So everything we do in marketing from targeting to how we align marketing with our inside sales team. So we try to make sure that if we're going to be prospecting into an account that we at least have signals that there's buying intent or there's some research being done that shows that they're quote unquote, in market for a solution that's relative to what we can provide. So, you know, it's all about the right time and right place. And I think, you know, timing starts with using intent data. Okay. So give me an example of what that looks like. Sort of take me through that journey. Where does the data come from? Like what, what are the signals you're looking for? Yeah, so we use, I'm not sure if the, the audience has heard of, we use account-based marketing. We have an account-based marketing platform, which kind of plugs in intent data from multiple providers. So we look at signals as far as what are people researching as far as keywords or topics that are relative to what we do and our products that we sell, as well as we take those topics and then we have, that there's different personas that align to those topics. So within our, our Salesforce CRM, we have the intent signals that are coming at the account. We then can see at a certain level, there's website data. So as people go to visit your website and they're researching different things, we have signals that are telling us that they're going to certain pages, that they're interested in what we do. And so we try to take that data, formulate a message, craft a message that's aligned to what that persona, whether it's the CISO, which is a very different conversation that you would be having versus someone who's a PK architect. So we align our content around what those buyers needs are, and then just kind of form that to what our value proposition is. So it's, it's, it's not rocket science, but it definitely takes a lot of data and Intel to be able to kind of get all of that information and then craft messaging and kind of craft your follow-up steps that you go to from there. 
Okay. So let's talk about that crafting that messaging and sort of the, the content piece of this. So once you have the data that, yeah, okay, they're searching, they're kind of in the in the market. What is, and you guys have, when we talked a couple of weeks ago, a lot of what we talked about is sort of the complexity of, of your, the personas you're dealing with. You're not trying to sell to just one type, right? It depends on the vertical and like all these different types of people in different roles. So, which would make creating content all the more uh, intricate and difficult, right? So what's the strategy there for the content creation piece of this? Yes. So that's, that's a great question. So, I mean, we have anyone, as we talked about, they're executive buyers who very much are the decision makers and we have technical buyers. And so yeah. when we're talking about creating technical focused content, that isn't really in the form of a, you know, it could be a white paper, but it might be in the form of creating content through video or highly consumable things that are showing our product or showing uh, a whiteboarding session. So we have to make sure that our content speaks to that persona. And so then we think about things that a lot of marketers are doing these days, like events, you know, being able to create experiences, which, you know, it's evolves from just doing a webinar to creating experience for people. And so we, we build content that kind of speaks to it, but also create an experience that would be more familiar to what someone in the technical audience would want to be doing. So we always make sure that as if we're going to have an event, it might be an event talking about something related to key factor, but also something that could be as simple as, you know, a lock picking event is something we did this year that we've saw tremendous success and be able to get people to attend because it was legitimately something they're interested in. So we use those experiences to draw people in and then also be able to provide, you know, a platform to be able to speak about what we do. So I think mm-hmm. people just, you know, in this market of the noise, as we were talking about, it's all about those experiences. It's what's something different. You know, it's using that creative mind matched with the content and matched with, you know, how your company aligns with what they need and where they're at in their thought process. But it really comes down to those experiences, I think. Mm-hmm. And what's the event you mentioned? That you use as an example. Oh, that specific one. We did a we did a lock picking event for our for oh, our lock technical picking. decision makers. Oh. A lock picking event. Oh, so really? we yeah, we found a vendor and this was something that we my head of field marketing saw a vendor at RSA, so it's a big security conference that most people in our space do every single year when it was available. And uh, so we actually used that vendor to it was like a webinar format with a lock picking event on top of it. And so that was literally like someone showing you how to pick a lock? Yes. I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't the one there, but yes, but it was like simulating an experience. Oh, that's cool. Like a, like you get to pretend you're like a thief or like a burglar. Yeah. Breaking in and picking a lock. There's, yeah, there's mystery behind it. Who doesn't like a little mystery? (laughs) And so what's the strategy there? I mean, that sounds fun and cool. Is is yeah. that the strategy? Just like something unusual, a little different, so that it like it sticks, like you remember it and you associate it with the company. I mean, thematically, I get it. It's it's about security and yeah. so on. But it seems like that's more of just like a fun social thing to do. It's fun and social, and I think people are looking for. And that's not the whole strategy. I think that just fi- ties into it. So we don't sure. just invite anyone. We make sure that sure. there are people who are at least well known to us, who have shown engagement historically, and some of our programs that we've run. But I think, especially with COVID, you know, people want something different. So if you can mm. provide something where you're almost you give to get, right? We always tell people in life. We tell our kids, you have to you have to give to receive. And so mm-hmm. I think that's just a way that we realize 
is over the past 18 months where, you know, with that audience, it might have been lockpicking. With, you know, an executive audience, it might have been a a really private wine or, or wine tasting or whiskey event. And it's more about these experiences that you can offer that are just a little bit different than your average, your average Joe or an email you're getting to book a demo. You know, it's more about curating interest over time and adding that branding element to it. Mm-hmm. So it's not always about get here and have an appointment, but it's about, hey, how can we create these experiences and build community along the way with the people that we want to get in front of? And so that's just ways that one, okay. one of a few ways that we do it. Okay, that's that's pretty cool. I could see like escape rooms could be another thing, sort of in that vein. And... We've thought about that. Yeah, escape rooms are yeah, fun. Have you ever done an that. escape room? Have you ever done an escape I room? I actually, I have not. I was supposed to, and it was, we did, this was prior to COVID, we did a company event, and that was kind of our offsite, and I just happened to be on vacation that week, ah, so I didn't okay. make it. <laughs> they're, they're fun to do. Anyway, I've heard that, people who love them. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're, <laughs> they're way more fun than you think they would be. They they. It sounds kind of dorky, but then you do it and you're like, oh, it's like puzzle solving, you know? So, so, okay. So, so you have these sort of creative events with that, that give (laughs) people, and it sounds like that's sort of an opportunity to engage, invite a select crowd to something unique and special and an opportunity to engage something memorable. Okay. In terms of the more (laughs) sort of, you know, quote unquote, pedestrian kind of content and channels that you would see on a typical web blog, videos, webinars. You guys do a variety of that stuff. If you had to rank those channels, what would you say is at the top for you guys? Where do you get the most value? Well, I think value can be in different forms depending on what you're doing. So I always say in marketing, you have to play a longer game. When you start talking about the marketing funnel, we use things as our website or as a blog to really just draw awareness around the topics that related to what we do. And we do your traditional things or we do our, you know, our paid advertising, we do display advertising. We, yes, we do webinars, we do events, we do syndication, all the things that most marketers are, are building to their programs. And I think when it comes to value, it starts by being able to show your prospect that you're either in their space of where you could provide value at the top end of that kind of decision making time there you're in the the area where they're interested in something but then we start using and activating our SDR team when there's value that's already been I guess established through data Mm -hmm. so we use we have account-based programs and we have your high velocity lead gen programs those are firing at the same exact time with different tactics to be able to drive engagement across the website um but lately i know we've been seeing more intimate intimate settings whether it's round tables or whether it's a webinar whether those are where we're, we're able to get the most or provide the most value because those are the settings where we're able to just be a little bit more intimate have a small amount of people and you can really start talking about what's important to them and I think that's the most important part. We use our we use our SMEs or subject matter experts within our business to be able to position them within the accounts that we've already shown value in knowing that okay they're they're reading our content, they're on our blog, they've subscribed, they're on our funnel, they're in a nurture program, they've bubbled up, they're showing some interest. Let's insert kind of one of our thought leaders as someone who's kind of on the other side of the table, someone they can mm-hmm. relate to. And within those more intimate kind of roundtable events, if we're going more of the executive audience or maybe a wine tasting event, we're, we're tasting wine and we're having fun, but we're also being able to provide value of what key factor can do to them in a place where they're with their peers and they feel like it's, 
it's relaxed. And I think that's the biggest thing is be making sure you're not pushing value before you understand what's needed on the other side. Mm, okay, right. A sort of low pressure situation where yes, people feel like they're not like they're pressure. not being sold, like there's not a bait and switch happening. Yes, it's kind of a little bit of a tricky, but yes, you're not being sold, but you are indirectly in some way. <laughs> well, that is the trick, right? I mean, but but people aren't dumb. I mean, they know who no. you are. They know what you do. You know, they they know they're not randomly being invited to the wine tasting for no reason. But at the same yes. time, right? If you if you, it's all in the details, right? If you create an environment with Correct. the right people, the right vibe, the right mood. And you're not in their face trying to to push your your wares, right? Your you know your services, your your products. Then, yes, good things can happen. Exactly. Yeah, you're you're there when they need you, and I think that's the most important thing mm. is the value. You show your value when they need you. They'll remember you, and you just make sure you have a touch where you're in front of them periodically. And I think we're really cognizant of how often we're reaching out to people because mm -hmm. I mean, trust me on my side, I'm reached out to all day, every day in any way. And mm -hmm. the people that are a little bit more methodical and the way they, I guess, just being, you know, turning the tables on my side of it, being the buyer in our my situation, I notice the small things. I, and I, like anyone, you get annoyed when someone keeps sending you this blanket stated email about something they do or, you know, it's all right. about just knowing that I myself, I'm here, I have a team, we all have different things we're working on. And the more you can start understanding the person's role that you're trying to speak to, so for my side or for the side we're talking to, we really do a lot of work to understand and validate all of our personas consistently mm. because things change and roles yeah. change and, you know, things that, you know, business, you know, st strategic things that are happening in business change. Right. So we try to make sure that we're not just, we're, we're feeding data that's coming in from the sales team that's qualitative. We do, we make sure we have our team that does win-loss interviews. There's a lot of things you can mm -hmm. continually learn about the people that you are a good fit, but might not be the right time or whatever it is that you need to kind of bring back and bring into your marketing program. So they're not, you're making sure you're as relative as possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's a great point. I mean, it, another way of putting it maybe is that in order to to offer value to to prospects in the form of education and insights, you have to educate yourself. I mean, correct. Obviously, yes. you do. Except it bears repeating. <laughs> like it's not easy to do. It takes a lot of, as you just described, a lot of time and effort and energy, and it's a never ending process. Yes, but that I mean, the time that we you know we. We invest time into research, into understanding, and just, you know, gathering data. But we also work really hard to go and do what every marketer is trying to do, and is just drive pipelines. So I think there has to be a balance of doing both. And yeah. You cannot focus on just one, and one will not get you to the end game. You always have to have the balance of brand, pipeline, research, right. you know, using your customers. And that's, you know, we didn't talk about that. But being able to use your customers to tell your story is also a lot easier. Sure. You just kind of sit back and watch your customers say wonderful things about you. And that's gold when you R can get that. Right. Getting that social proof. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. yes. So, okay, yeah. great. Well, we've covered a lot of, a lot of ground, a lot of great insights. So uh, let's sum up a little bit. What's something that you've learned over the last couple of years or throughout your career in marketing that you can share with our listeners to help them better engage their audiences? 
I would say, and I know we talked about it, it goes to the intent data, right? Use data to drive all of your insights and to prioritize because even though you might hear quality over quantity. So I think when you start using intent data, and the other thing is, you know, making sure you're aligning your sales teams around shared goals and around pipeline. Mm -hmm. And I always say this, like the day you stop measuring MQLs or being just solely measured on MQLs is the day you start seeing really great things happening as you're really focusing on that kind of next stage down the down the funnel. So intent data all the way. I've worked for many companies. I've led many mm-hmm. marketing teams, but I would say it's lucky that I'm in a position now where we're very successful and that has to, that's a big part of what we do. And I think a lot of people, you can align your sales team around data and not just data that's, you know, you're plugging in Salesforce, but actual insights, uh, market data that you have. Absolutely. That stuff is gold. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much for a great conversation. Really enjoyed it. Yes. Thanks so much for having me, Jeremy. That's it for this episode of Engage Your Tribe. You can subscribe anywhere you get podcasts on any podcast app. And while you're at it, you might as well give the show five stars and leave an over-the-top comment about how much you love the podcast. You know you want to. If you're a marketer or an internal communicator and you're interested in podcasting, we've got tons of free resources on the website at tribknowledge.com. That's T-R-I-B knowledge.com. Thanks for listening and staying engaged.